outside for one thing right but for those of us that might have forgotten that we are in the season of winter take a walk outside it's a bit chilly out but I must say I do love days like this sometimes right when I was younger I used to love the warm weather. And don't get me wrong, I still love the warm weather. After all, I'm a summer baby. But there are some times in my mature adult life that I enjoy a nice walk on a crisp, cool day. I have, you know what it is? I found a new appreciation for the things of winter, but not everything of winter. Let's let's not stretch it. I'm not totally into the snow baby stuff. No, never the snow. But I do enjoy a nice walk on a brisk, cool day when you can just feel the cool air on your face. You can breathe. It's not, you know, your breathing is not hampered. Everything just seems fresh. Everything seems new. I like, I enjoy days like that. I do. So if you wanted to have a day like that, it's it's a little bit to the extreme today because it's quite windy out. But you will get a little taste of that if you go outside this morning. So with all that being said, as long as you're dressed for it, as long as you're dressed for it, if I'm dressed for it, then I don't mind being out in the cold I just have to be dressed for it my feet have to be warm my hands have to be warm and my head and my body has to be warm my face can be out because like I said I love to feel the cool air on my face but my feet and hands cannot get cold once they get cold all bets are off right but before I begin I want to remind everyone that city running tours is now offering neighborhood running tours These tours are designed to give you a unique opportunity to learn the history of the New York City neighborhoods that you are currently running through. 
You can choose from 23 different tours of neighborhoods in Manhattan, Queens, Brooklyn, and the Bronx. For a list of neighborhoods and full tour schedules, check out their website at www.cityrunningtours.com slash New York City. And you can also catch their live tours every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on Instagram.com slash tours. Hey, for those of you who just tuned in, I'd like to say welcome. You're listening to the What Would Kay Say? And I am your host, Kay Edwards. You can find my previous shows on, uh, oh, yeah, why am I drawing a blank when I talk about myself? You can find my previous shows on my, arc on my page on Radio Free Brooklyn in archives. And you can also find me on Spotify and on iTunes. But if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Instagram. I'm today. I don't know. When it comes to me talking about myself, it's like I draw a blank. But in keeping with our theme for this year, which is truth, I want us to, um, I want us to, to implement it in our journey, right? I want us to remember as we continue on our journey that every step we take, every word we utter should be done in spirit and truth, right? Now that's, that's interesting because you know God gave us truth as being the theme that was going to run through every month of this year for us. So now when we decided to take this journey, the journey being, for those of you who aren't aware, to know what is the purpose of life, why we're here, what is it really all about, and to personalize it, to understand what our individual purpose was in this whole big scheme of things called life, right? Because if we didn't personalize it, would it would we really be interested? Would it really matter what this whole thing about life was about? No. So in order for it to make in order for us to make it interesting in our journey, we personalized it. So we're all out here to seek to find out what is going on and what role do we play in it, right? So now in asking these questions to understand the bigger picture, you know we decided that we were going to live our lives as God had created us to live it, right? As he had predestined our lives to be for us, we had now decided, okay, we've done enough on our own. Let's live it the way he wants us to live it, right? So here we are in year two, and now it's time for us to do a little self-assessment, right? It's time for us to take inventory or to check on ourselves to ensure that everything is still going okay, if we're still making the strides towards the goals that we had set, or have we allowed the distractions of life that have been sent our way, and I will say daily, right, to deter us? Or worst case scenario, have we lost our way and given up altogether, right? Because some, some of us, I'm sure, have done that. Like we l talked about last week, 
when we were talking about eating healthy, how we all decided that, yeah, in the beginning of the year, we want to eat healthy, we want to do exercise, we want to do all these things. And then, boom, we forget all about it, and it's by the wayside. So I'm sure when it came to this whole journey thing, if it hadn't worked out the way you wanted it to or it just wasn't working out for you at all, yes, of course, some of us would just forget it and be like, look, I'm just going to live life, whatever. All this other stuff is too much work. Where, when you think about it, anything that you want to acquire in life is going to take work. Nothing comes easy at all. Trust and believe. I can tell you some stories about having to do work, but we're not here to always talk about me, right? <laughs> we're here to talk about us. Us as a group, collectively and individually, you can do it on your own individual, but we look at it as us together. How do we all, you know, play our part when it comes to this whole big thing called life? So now, let's start out with, let's start out with that. Let me ask you a question. Are you aware that when you decided to do any form of personal change, that it required the assistance of God or, for some of you, a power higher than yourselves. For me, now I'm just, I, I need to say this. I used to say this a lot last year, but I think I need to put it out there again. For me, when I speak, I'm concerned, I speak about myself. I always reference Jesus and God because that's who I believe in, right? You, I don't know who you believe in. You might believe in the same people that I believe in, the same beings that I believe in, but anything that we do, we have to reference someone outside of ourselves, right? So when God is trying to get our attention, he will use various ways to remind us of the areas in our lives that we might need to pull under submission, right? Now, I know when I say that word submission, it has a tendency to make some of us a little uncomfortable, why? I don't know. Nah, who am I fooling? I know perfectly we I know perfectly well why the word submission has a tendency to make a little us a little uncomfortable. It's because when you think about it, who wants to submit to anything or anyone? To submit is like to give up everything of your your will, right? What you want to do and just be willy-nilly, right? But I need to remind you that if you're a child of the Most High, you have to submit because God uses his words in order to challenge us to understand. And when you don't submit, and now submission is not a bad thing, right? Submission is not a bad thing. It's just like when you were growing up, your parents needed you to submit to the rules of the house in order for the family to function properly. But as a child, you don't understand that because you just look at it as someone someone imposing themselves on what you want to do. But as an adult, when we look back, we were like, oh, thank God that I wasn't able to do everything that I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. I probably wouldn't be here talking to you now if that were the case, you know, when we really think about it. But I say all that to say God will use his words to challenge us 
to understand. And Hebrews 4, 7, and I'm reading from the New King James Version, the Hebrews 4 and 7 tells us that today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, right? Because if he's talking to you, he's talking to you to tell you something. Usually when somebody's speaking to you, it is so that they can tell you something, right? And Hebrews 4, 12 and 13 says, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two edged, any two edged sword piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to eyes to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Right. Now, it says right there, it states right there in the scriptures and blessed is the reading of the, the word of the Lord. It states the most important tool that God uses is located within us. It's our hearts, right? Our hearts hold the key to everything that we do. And that's probably why he has us on this truth, on this truth theme for this year, right? So God will use how we walk, how we talk, and how we respond to situations to show us where we're falling short of our goals. And our goals, just to be perfectly clear and to remind everyone, our goals are to be the best versions of ourselves that we can possibly be, right? So now when you think about it, most self-help groups, books, and organizations such as AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, NA, Narcotics Anonymous, Gamblers Anonymous, GA, believe that in order to understand one's self, you must first believe in a power outside of yourself. Because if you really think about it, when you rely only on what you are believing concerning yourself and who you believe that you are, you'll stay in the same position as when you first started out. Because it was that thinking that got those people that have to join those organizations in the, the bind that they found themselves in. So, or even, okay, so some of us aren't in any of those organizations, but we still find ourselves in in situations where it's like, how did I get here? You know, like, what did I do wrong that got me, ended up in this, in this spot? I didn't want to be here. How did I get here? That was because we relied on everything of our own. What it says, lean not to our own understanding, right? Because we know where it's going to end us up. So getting back to God uses our own personalities as a barometer for our spiritual formation, right? Or as a way to see where we are in our walk, as a way for us to see where we are in our walk and understand our life in order to improve it, right? Now it's crucial that we, from time to time, take a close look at what and who we are becoming, 
And I'm sorry if I keep slowing down, but I had to get a candy for my mouth. You know how my throat gets. So today, let's begin our self-assessment, right? Yay, we're going to begin a self-assessment. I could hear you guys cheering in the background. You were waiting for this. You couldn't wait to take self-inventory, right? <laughs> so today we're going to look at ourselves and see where we are and what we're doing. Have we gone off course, off our course? Have we decided to take a detour? Now, let me be clear. Taking a detour is not always a bad thing. Most times we look at detours as delays in our journey, right? They cause us to lose time and in some cases, but you know, how many of us know that detours are sometimes necessary while taking road trips? Some of us think that taking a detour is going to delay our progress and it's not going to be beneficial. But in most cases, some detours are very beneficial. I mean, just think about it. Imagine if you were on a road trip and you had to take a detour into a rest stop. It could be for gas, for food, to stretch your legs, you know, if you've been driving for a long period of time. These actions can be beneficial not only for the road trip, but for our moments in life as well. Because think of it, you have to get gas, which gives the car fuel, right? You have to eat, which gives your body fuel. You're stretching, which allows you to position yourself and not become weary. And as we're taking this walk in this journey, we need to refuel ourselves from time to time. We need to take a break in order to pick up energy to continue. Because if we become weary, most of us will quit. When we take an assessment of where we are, God will show us the areas that need to be addressed and cared for a little bit more, right? Just the places where we just may need to tweak because you know sometimes sometimes because we haven't been challenged in a particular area we might become comfortable and believe that we have everything under control right these are the detours that i'm referring to when you have to come off your journey for a minute to address an issue in your character that you thought you had under control. Now, I've always viewed this as a signal to let me know that God has something positioned for me. But at the level that I was operating at, I wasn't ready for it. But he had it there waiting for me. I just needed to correct a couple of things, right? So this past week, I challenged myself I challenged myself and said, okay, God, you have us on this truth journey. What, how much does truth play in my walk? How, um, how has truth shaped my journey? So I questioned if I was doing everything in truth. And you guys know that when God speaks to me and I give, I give it to you, he's not only talking to you, it's for me as well. I'm either going to go through it along with you or 
it's something that I have already gone through and now I'm giving you the report of the results of it so that it, it can make it easier for you to go through it. So now here I was in my daily conversations with God and I asked him to show me me. <laughs> okay. Oh, so now when I first spoke those words, I felt so empowered. I felt like, sure, I could take this trip down memory lane. I know who I used to be. I know where I am now. I know who I am. Mm -hmm. What does that sound like, right? Let me be perfectly clear with all of you. Be careful what you ask for because you will most certainly get it, right? So I wanted to understand the person that I am. And the reason why I did that, and all jokes aside, the reason why I really did that is because sometimes I feel like I'm not sure if I even really know myself. And I guess it's because of the changes that you go through. Like when I said, when I used to use the, um, the analogy of the butterfly, the butterfly, actually the caterpillar that becomes the butterfly. When you're the caterpillar, you're just the caterpillar crawling, 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 doing whatever you got to do. But once you get into that cocoon and you just see inside the cocoon, you see different movements. You don't actually know what's going on on the inside of that cocoon. You just know that it's mo there's something moving on the inside. And that's somewhat what we go through when we're going through changes that are taking place within ourselves. Sometimes you can recognize who you are and then sometimes you can't because the change comes over you. And you hadn't even noticed that the change had taken place. So I sometimes feel like I don't know myself. So here I was asking God, show me me. Now, in my walk, I know that I know that I have to deal with others. And in dealing with others, I have to know how they are, how they think, and how they move in order for me to address them, right? But how can I know how to deal with someone else if I'm not aware of who I am, right? I have to know who I am in order to know how to address others. So when God shows you areas that you need to address, it's always up to you whether you want to correct them or not, right? You can continue living the way you were like, oh, no, that's not me. I've already changed or, oh, no, I don't have to do anything with that. You can live in that denial if you want to, but if you really want to progress in the journey and progress in the goals that you've set, you need to take a look at them and work on them, right? Because just think about it. What good does it do to let it just sit there unattended, right? And it's always in our best interest to correct what he shows us because some of us will just breeze right by it and continue like it's no big deal. Like I said, it's, you know, it's, it's no big deal. But what it will do is if you don't handle it now, it will surface again. But it might surface at a time when you really don't want it to, when something is really pressing and it could be worse than when he first showed it to you. So it's better to address it, get it out of the way, and then you can move on. So now, here we go. My level of self-evaluations came in several forms this past week. Once I prayed that to God, he was like, oh, 
I couldn't wait for her to ask me that question. It was like he just opened the door. I was like, really, God? Really? All this at once? (laughs) I couldn't stop laughing at myself the past week. I could not stop laughing at myself. It's like every time he showed me. And here it is. And how you know that that's what it is he's showing you? Because every time he showed me, my mind went right back to, well, you said you wanted to know how you were. Well, you said you wanted to get to know yourself better. So I would just start cracking up. And I was like, oh, wow, okay, I opened this door. But there was one part of me that he revealed that did not have me laughing, right? It had to do with dealing with confrontation. So... Here's the story with that. Earlier in the week, I was speaking to an individual, right, about a situation that had occurred. I just, you know, called them and was about to tell them an answer to a question that they had given me, right? But instead of waiting and listening to what I had to say, they took the conversation totally left. Like, Just think about it. Have you ever been in a conversation where you were about to answer a question that was given to you, but before you could address the question, the person begins to tell you the answer that they believe you're going to say, and then when you do start to tell them the answer, then they add in what they believe that you should have done differently or why it it shouldn't be that way, why your answer should not be that way. Well, I should have just let the conversation go and move on right but we all know that's not what happened the old me came out the old me emerged right now i was still cordial right i was still cordial i was still professional but i was very matter of fact and anyone that knows me knows that i say what i mean and i mean what i say but That's not what God wanted me to do. But what he was showing me was, yes, I have a mouth. And yes, my words have always been sharp as a knife, right? But that's not the way he wanted me to respond. And how many of you realize that God will take your most powerful asset and use it in your purpose? I mean, now just think about it. He knows how I am when it comes to speaking. Of course he knows. He created me. But what he was showing me is in that situation that he wanted me to watch what I said. Right? He wanted me to watch what I said and speak only after careful consideration. Right? Because in my line of business being here on the radio in the purpose that I know that I have in my life speaking words into people's lives to empower them I'm given a level of responsibility that I'm walking in and there's a certain path that he's prepared for me that I have to be so careful how I speak to people and the manner in which I say what I say to them So then he brought to my mind Proverbs 13, 3. He who guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. He also gave me Proverbs 21, 23. 
whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. So that makes sense. That makes sense. And now this has become my new mantra that I have adopted for the next couple of months or until he gives me something else that I have to work on. But I have to remember my, and we've always talked about how words are powerful. And I have to remember not, and like I said, I was cordial, I was professional. But do you know that even in being cordial and being professional, you can still say words that can cut through a person, especially if they don't have a strong sense of self. If they don't have a strong sense of self, you can say something to someone that can make their head explode. But now, not only was God trying to show me how to bridle my tongue by allowing this situation to occur, he also revealed to me that there's divisions within this group, right, that I wasn't aware of. I don't even know what was causing the, the divisions. It was there before I got there. But it's there. So he was also showing me that not only do you have to watch what you're saying to who you're saying it to and how you're saying it to because of the person or the individuals that are there, but because of the divisions that's there, I'm walking into a situation that I'm not fully aware of what's happening. So I have to first assess everything that's going on around me before I can open my mouth and say anything, right? Because the goal of confrontation is actually to point out truth to make necessary corrections, right? But I need to be mindful of that when I'm confronting anyone for any reason, there's always going to be that possibility that that individual is not ready to receive what I have to say to them. And that was the situation here. Because I don't know the players, because the players don't know me, I walked into a situation and dealt with it the way I would have dealt with it on a normal circumstance. That's the way I would have dealt with it. But because they don't know me and because I don't know the, the personalities, what I said came off another way. It came off not in a good light that I would have wanted it to, not that it was bad and not that anything that I said that I said was incorrect. Everything I said was totally correct. And the tone that I said it was correct as well. But when it's coming from some when it's coming from someone who when it's coming from someone that they're not familiar with or accustomed to being spoken to in that manner, it can be received in a different way. And that's what that's what I got out of that situation right so God revealed to me that I will be dealing with people's from with people from all walks of life from different backgrounds from different levels of intelligence right and when conversations take place given the purpose that has been placed on my life I have to be a little more sensitive and I can only do that by following the two proverbs that he gave me totally just being quiet and listening and thinking before I respond even though it can be the same response but it's just a different way I'd have to deliver it you know so um I've always dealt with people 
from various, you know, various people for various reasons. And in my dealings, I've always, I've come across having differences of opinions. I mean, of course, that's what life is about. When you have a conversation, people are going to have differences of opinion. But this was an awakening for me, to say the least, right? This was, this was a, this was more than just a difference of opinion. It was a different level of communication. And I'm telling you this story because I'm grateful for what actually transpired. Now, don't get me wrong. When it was happening, I was totally upset. I was like, are you kidding me? As I'm rehashing it after I hung up the phone. And I'm like, what? Blah, 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 blah. And I'm going on and on and on. But after I sat back and I thought about it, you know, that entire night and then the next day, of course, when I'm doing my meditation, you know, I'm praying to God and I'm asking him, you know, forgive me. I, I thank you for showing me that side of me that I do have to check and bring under control because it's not going to be perceived in the right manner by everyone. So, yes, I thanked him for showing me who I am. I thanked him for showing me how I need to uh, come about the way I give responses in a different manner. And it exposed me to circumstances on a new level. And I'd rather it happen to me now than for it to come out in me later when I'm totally like more into my purpose and maybe doing things on a higher level than what I'm doing it now. It would have been devastating for it to come out then. But now that I know I'm more aware of it, I can be mindful of it and I can keep it in check. Right. So. What I'm saying is, or what I'm really asking you, what has God been trying to deal with in you? Perhaps it's an attitude adjustment, right? What has he been trying to show you lately that you need to address before it takes over? Maybe it's something in the area of dealing with your finances. We all have a continuous cycle of learning and improvement and improving. And when you surrender and invite God into your life, you are in fact asking him to show you who you really are. And God gives us all the lessons that we need to learn to make our lives better. And these lessons all start from within. So with that, I think we could take a little music break to just, Think about everything that I said. You could think about my story and you can probably even come up with a couple of stories of your own. You have been listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn, What Brooklyn Sounds Like. I find space for what I treasure. Make room for you. I will 
welcome back. You are listening to What Would Kay Say? And I am your host, Kay Edwards. It's now time for us to get into Op-Ed. Now, for Op-Ed this week, of course, you know I have to talk about the inauguration. How could I talk about anything this week without talking about the inauguration? The inauguration was, I enjoyed it. I actually enjoyed it. And I think I enjoyed it in light of when we had that insurgent a couple of weeks ago. So I think I enjoyed it more to see how, although we do have forces that are trying to destroy or put their agenda across above all others and the good of the country in general, it didn't prevail. It didn't prevail. And yes, we do still have people out there that believe that the election was stolen from them and that Everything should have been done over again, which is absurd. But people are entitled to their opinions, right? Everyone's entitled to think and feel how they think and feel when it comes to certain situations. But with all that, I say, even at the inauguration, truth was still, it was still there. It was still the theme of everything. Because when you think about it, For the last four years, we have not had truth or truth as we know truth to be. Everything that was given was either tainted on some level or changed around on some level. There might have been a word or two of truth in it, but then the rest of it that was around it for you to get the entire understanding was not there and yes we are getting back to having to deal with truth and it's just going to be so refreshing to be able to have that right so our past president is gone we now have a new president and vice president and everyone looked amazing on that day and But we still have to remember that there are still going to be pockets of people who are disgruntled because you still have congressmen. You actually still have congressmen that believe that the election was stolen and and that an investigation needs to be done in order to understand what happened. Now, my thoughts behind it is, What is there to understand? You lost. You lost the election. If we went through and say, okay, say if it was a football game. Say if this were the Super Bowl. One team wins, one team loses. Do you hear the other team that lost saying, you know what? We're going to go back to the videotape of all plays that were made in the four quarters that we were on the field because I know that this game was stolen from us. And we are going to analyze all the tapes to see exactly where the game was stolen from us. Are you kidding me? You played the game. You lost. 
move on. But what I do like, what I do like is the fact that they're continuing with this impeachment, right? And that's another form of contention that's going with the, the people that believe that the election was stolen. Oh, how can you have an impeachment hearing without having due process? We have four years of due process. You have four years of him doing things that he should not have been doing to bring to the table for this impeachment. And the reason why they want to do this impeachment is because they want to ensure that he is never able to sit in another political seat. Have you ever? Do you know what that is like <laughs> to have a country say, we don't ever want to see you up here in any political arena ever again. So they are now putting in place, um, when they impeach him, once they do the impeachment, that would not allow for him to run again because they know he's going to surface his head again because he said it. He said it. He's not going away. He said it. You can't stop the movement. You can't stop the movement that he started. And he, being the person that he is, will sit night and day to keep just, you know how you have a fire and you don't want it to go out? So you keep taking the, the, the stick and you keep poking it, moving the logs around to keep the flame going. That's exactly what he's going to be doing with this whole Make America Great Again, I don't know, campaign that he started. And now it's become his whole life because he thinks he's America and he's great. But we've moved on past that. But I don't want us to lose sight of that. See, that's the whole thing. We can't just move on and be like, oh, it's a brand new day. You know, we don't have to worry about anything. No, it's like when a tornado comes through a town, the sun shines after the storm, but you still have the damage and the wreckage that you have to clean up. So I want us to remember that with President Biden being in office, he's got a lot of cleanup to do. He's got a lot of cleanup to do because that tornado came through and it was nonstop. You did not get a reprieve. The tornado started, and it was just a whirlwind for four years straight. So there is a lot of cleanup and a lot of damage that has to be done. And with that, we also have to remember there's always other storms that could be brewing that could be coming our way as well while you're still doing the cleanup. B those being those senators that are still in Congress right now trying to cause havoc, trying to cause um, division. While everybody's talking about unity, they still want to cause division. And can I say one thing about unity? I'm all for people getting along, right? I'm all for people getting along because, right, God has even told us that if it's possible to live peaceably with men, right? But sometimes that's not possible. Sometimes we just have to understand that mm, I might not like you, but I, I will respect you. Sometimes we just have to deal with things like that. There are people that today we look at and like, I really don't like that individual, but I'll be 
I'll be cordial, I'll be respectful, but I don't like them. But that doesn't mean that I can't get along with you. I don't have to like you per se to get along with you. I just have to respect who you are as you respect who I am. And if it comes to us having to do business in order to achieve a greater goal, then yeah, we can do it together because what you have and what I have together collectively, we need it in order to get the bigger picture. But personally, I don't have to like you. It's not like I live with you. I live amongst you, yes, but we don't live in the same house. And even sometimes, you know, now that I've said that, there are some people that do live in the same home with each other that they don't like each other, but they make it work for whatever reason. They make it work. So this whole thing about, oh, we got to unify the country. We got to get us back together. No, we were never. Let's just be clear. We were never a unified country. We never were. Unless you're looking at the country as being people of color as the other side and the people, the white people are being unified because they were never unified with people of color. There's always been division when it came to white and people of, and people of color. There's always been division. So there's never been any unity. There might've been little pockets of unity but overall, we have never been one unified country, ever. So the fact that you want to try to make it like that now, it's impossible. You're, you're trying to do something that had never existed. So rather than look at it as, oh, we have to get unified, can we just come to the point where we can tolerate and respect one another? Can we get to that part? If we get to that part of our relationship, then that's a start with us trying to become unified. But this whole uh, unity, 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 mm -mm. we're always going to have division as long as people keep the same mindset that they have. And I'm saying you have that group of people that believe, oh, the election was stolen. Oh, you just want to make, you just want to open up our borders and let everybody just run in. Oh, because I, of course, you know, I listen to the opposing teams. I listen to Fox News because you have to know, what is it that saying? Keep your enemies close, right? No, keep your friends close, but keep your enemies closer. That's what it is. So in keeping my enemies closer, I do on occasion watch Fox News and the Tucker Carlson and that Hannity guy, those two, I guess they're my sandpaper. They are definitely going to make me, <laughs> they are going to make me shine. It's like the things that they say, I wonder if they even believe it when it's coming out of their mouth. They were talking about they talked about the inauguration and they were saying, yeah, look, 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 look what the left, the, look what the way, how they do things. All they can talk about at the inauguration is what this one is wearing and how nice this one looks. They were saying what the commentators were saying, how when, you know, oh, Michelle Obama walked in and of course, you know, she was amazing. She looked gorgeous. 
when Laura Bush walked in, everyone, you know, she was dressed to the nine. Um, Dr. Jill Biden dressed to the nine. So, of course, when you see everyone and you're you and just the day that it was, like I said, when you think about what had happened just two weeks before and then on top of it, here you have and they didn't touch this. They'll see they're not that off the mark. They didn't touch this about the speaker, the young speaker that was there and the poem that she read. They didn't touch her at all because they knew to go there they would be treading in dangerous waters because what what could they say about her? Everything she said was absolutely correct. But uh, it looks like my time is growing short. So I just want to say, let's keep with truth. Let's keep with everything with truth that we have been, you know, learning about. Truth is going to be our word. It's not going to be our word every month, but truth is going to be what we're moving in every month of this year, right? And our promise for today is going to be, let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification, Romans 14, 19. And with that, I want to say everyone have a beautiful weekend. Everyone have a beautiful week. Don't forget to do your self-assessment, wear your mask, wash your hands social distance and until we meet again next week god willing peace standing in your ruins feels a lot like the end so used to losing you're afraid to try again right Ashes where there was a flame Truth is that you're not forgotten Cause grace knows your name God's not done with you Even with your broken heart and your wounds and your scars God's not done with you Even when you're lost and it's hard and you're falling apart God's not done with you It's not over, it's only begun So don't hide, don't run Cause God's not done with you You There's a light you don't notice Until you're standing in the dark And there's a strength that's growing Inside your shattered heart Not done, ready.
in your strength No, he's not done God's not done Not done. God's not done with you.